All right, you're now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 308. The Clippers are on a tear. LeBron with another cryptic tweet. Luka goes for 73, and we're going to check in with our rookies. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Drew, give me some intro music. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 308. It's been a while since I've started the show, Drew, with some Clipper talk. I'm doing this one for Clipper Nation, to our Clipper fans <laughs> that are listening to the show, because I'm hyped. You know, it was only a few weeks ago. I was pressing panic buttons. Oh, yeah. It was panic at the crypto. There was a lot of turmoil, a lot of shit going down. But your boy's happy right now. 27 and 7 since December 1st. Ty Lue just wins January Coach of the Month. We're on a seven-game, 13-day road trip right now that we're doing really well. We, we we lost one to Cleveland. Paul George had a really tough game. The groin was bothering him. I still think we could have won that game. Fun fact, off the record, do you know the shoe size of Donovan Mitchell, Drew? Because I was looking, I was I was watching him play the other day. Yeah. I'm like, this dude is all foot. Everything yeah. about D. Mitch's foot. And I'm like, he's only 6'1". Do you know his shoe size? I think he's like a 15, right? It's a 17. Yeah, yeah. It's he like is a, a crazy. 17. It's so crazy, dude. Uh, it was just, it looked like clown shoes running up and down the court. Uh, but it, it was just mind-boggling for me. Anyways, we, we kicked Boston's ass last week. Like, we're just looking really good. Everything's uh, hitting on all cylinders. Kawhi drew Kawhi. Yep. 25, the past 25 games, he's shooting 57% from the field, 50% from three, 90 from the free throw line. Everything is just clicking right now. And I know I brought him up last week, but the Folger soldier, uh, Amir Coffee, getting quality <laughs> minutes, putting in quality time. I, I talked to our boy, Tomer, uh, the other night who wrote a great article on Clutch Points about Amir Coffee. And the one thing that I'm noticing about Amir that I love is this guy's poise. He doesn't smile. He's like a little mini Kawhi, right? He's just focused. <laughs> He's, he, uh, he uses all of the minutes that he gets to his fullest capabilities. He does all the smart stuff. He plays defense. And it's just everybody's locked in right now, man. Uh, that Boston game was a big one for us. Uh, you know, they, they kicked our butt not too long ago. Uh, we got them back, giving them their second home loss of the season. Uh, we're, we're halfway through this, this road trip. We had Washington, uh, yesterday afternoon, no Jordan pool. Dude, let me say something about Washington. That <laughs> is a sad team, dude. Like, like at least when you look at San Antonio and Detroit, you're like, man, they got some players on that team. Washington is pathetic. And they actually put up a really good fight for for two quarters, and then it was just all downhill. They reminded me of like the the old Houston, the Kevin Porter Jr. Houston of last year, where they give you two two really good quarters, and then it's just complete chaos to finish the game. Mm -hmm. But uh, PG sat out that game with a groin injury. Uh, Kawhi had an easy thirty one. We, we got a uh, who do we got tomorrow? Shoot, I don't even know. Are we going to Miami? What are we doing? Um, I'm just really happy with the boys right now, Drew. Uh, we're the talk of the NBA. A lot of a lot of people are putting us in the in the uh, you know 
contention for a championship. I don't want to, I don't want to say that right now. And also James Harden has just been once again, I think I'm pretty sure drew that he's my favorite player right now. Who would have thought that I'd ever say James Harden's my favorite player. Give, give me your thoughts on the Clippers lately. It's just like they're clicking. I just don't see a team out there doing it as consistently as the Clippers right now. And even with Paul George being out, that Cleveland game was a tough one to lose, but um, it just kind of illustrates, you know, the depth that you have at this point and, and how well things are working. I mean, Kawhi's numbers are incredible. There's not much else to say regarding that other than this is, you know, this is what you all, all the Clippers fans thought was going to be what Kawhi was doing the whole time. And, and, and to be fair, he hasn't really ever, when he's played, he's never really underperformed. Maybe a couple games here and there. He's, And then certainly in the earlier parts of this year, he had a slump. But, I mean, talk about coming out of a slump. I mean, the guy <laughs> came out of a slump and hasn't slowed down since. Uh, so it is it is really, really incredible. Back to the old efficient Kawhi. It does look like, uh, you know, for, for his advancement in age and all the injuries that he has gone through in the last few seasons, none of that seems to be mattering right now. Like he's he's in great shape, physical shape. He's he's doing things on both ends of the of the floor. He's finishing, you know, really well around the rim, attacking the basket, dunking a lot, which I always think is a is a key for Kawhi because he doesn't always go to the rim to dunk it, uh, but in this year he has, and and I think his aggressiveness is obviously a game changer for for the Clippers. And you can only hope that this continues, right? I mean, this is at this point you almost don't want to say anything. You don't want to step on nope. any cracks when you're walking to wherever you're walking to or walking home from. Like it's just one of these moments where things are really, really hitting and you just don't want to hit a speed bump uh in whatever form or fashion. And it sounds like maybe that was avoided with the Paul George groin injury. Is it severe? Like do you think it's going to be an issue, you know, for more than just a couple of games? Uh, he w- it was bothering him for a couple games prior right. to uh, to Cleveland, and then you know I just think it was time. So these guys need a rest. Obviously, you know we're seeing what happened. We we called it. We're seeing what's happening with Embiid with yep. trying to get these sixty five games. Halliburton has three games left before he's going to miss out on forty million dollars for that extension. Like it's crazy. So this is going to be Paul Paul George's missed. Th- this will be his third game. I don't know if he's playing tomorrow or not. Kawhi's missed four. Um, but you're absolutely right. It's this chemistry that the Clippers have right now. And I, I mentioned to you when you were at my house watching the game the other night, I'm like, there's so much I want to say about how ambitious and how excited I am about this team. But me yeah. being as superstitious as I am, I don't want to get too excited because my heart's <laughs> been broken numerous times, but it's, it's, you're absolutely right, man. It's just everything that we're doing is clicking the, the Norman Powell who has, is been shooting the 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 three ball like crazy who's hopefully going to be in the three-point contest t-man's hitting at a big stroke right now the coffee thing is working russ coming off the bench has been great still can't make a damn layup to save his life but <laughs> it's it's all working and then on the other hand it's the reps for mason Plumley and daniel tice zubak has missed seven games or eight games now and he's our defensive anchor i mean and, and before he got he went down with his injury which i think Again, I think it's one of these things where the calf had been bothering him. We're going on this long road trip. Plumlee is just coming off of injury. We got to get him acclimated, get him some reps. So let's get Zubak to just chill. Let's get Zubak to chill, get that calf right. And now when Zubak comes back, we have these the, the three-headed beast 
uh, with our three centers. And Tice has been great too, man. Like I, I'm just really happy with all the guys. One thing I will say is Kobe Brown has been, you know, kind of out of the rotation, which is fine. And Amir Coffey's getting all those minutes, but we've been slowly bringing in uh, Brandon Boston a lot. And I think it's a showcase because I mm. think, I think we're at the end of the road with Brandon. Like, I think he, I think he's very talented and very good, but on this team, I just don't necessarily see where the, the, the minutes are going to come yeah. from. Uh, and he looks good. I mean, last night, yesterday against Washington, again, it's against Washington, but he had some really great takes to the rim. He had a nice step back three. He looked good, but I, I, I think something's coming with finally the bones, Brandon Boston, PJ thing. Um, and there was a great article on the athletic today that I was reading about PJ Tucker. He has, he's going to be, he's 38, if I'm not mistaken. Uh -huh. uh, he's got a player op next year for 11 and a half million. He's going to play. He's going to opt in to get that. That'll I mean, probably why be, not? That's $11 million. <laughs> go but ahead. He's not, what, the whole point is what I'm saying is he's not going to take a buyout. You know what I mean? To go right. somewhere else. He wants We're to keep going. Right. And, and from everything I've read, he's been great in the locker room. He spends a lot of time with James and with Westbrook and then bones. Again, I've been saying this, I'm a body language guy. These guys are all bought in on the bench. They're excited. They're happy. Uh, but I, I think something's going to happen with moving two or all three of those pieces to bring in something else. And I'm not necessarily sure what it is because nobody really knows what's out there or what, what we need, but you know, this version of Kawhi and this version of Paul George is this is what we've been waiting for. This is what Clipper fans have been yep. waiting for. And I think the the reason why Kawhi is is as good as he is right now is James Harden. Again, uh, you're, he's able to get to his spots that he can pass out of the double teams. We're shooting the three at a high clip. And that's the most important thing. We shot 43s the other night. And I guess that's the going rate now for NBA yeah. team. Yeah, a and lot I of think, teams shoot 40. Dude, the league average is like 38% for yeah. three, which is crazy. Um, so I'm, I'm just really excited. If we can finish this road trip, uh, you know, two and five or five and two or a six and one, yeah. like uh, normally with, with these teams to actually see what the, they're capable of, you got to see like 20 games and be like, ah, oh, they're legit. No, dude, we've got like 35 under our belt with kind of the same thing going on here. So and the confidence looks great too, man. I'm just, I'm just really stoked right now. And I want to bring something up really fast because this is something that we have talked about on the show so much. And I'm going to bring up two. My final thought is going to be part of this as well. All right. Podcast P on the podcast P show. He came out and finally said that they're bringing back the red jerseys next year. Yes. So not only drew, not only did he like he, he squealed because He's like, you guys are going to love these jerseys. They're my favorite no matter what. He hasn't even signed the extension yet. So in my mind, <laughs> that's he's already signed the extension because he's excited about the red jersey. But the one thing I've been asking for for years on this show was my old school Clipper logo, and yep. I want our red jersey. So I'm stoked on it. What do you think about that? Oh, it's I love time. it. I, I look, I, I totally understand the rebranding that needed to happen when the change of ownership happened to, to get rid of – you know that piece of shit sterling yes. <laughs> and and all of all of his past so it made some sense to go away from you know change up the logo which i actually think the new logo looks pretty cool and all that stuff but to eliminate one of the you know more popular colors it was red white and blue i mean for crying out loud it was one of the three more <laughs> three basic colors of the clippers just eliminate them entirely it was a little bit confusing and year after year we thought maybe oh they would do a red you know uh city edition jersey 
And that just never seemed to happen. Instead, you got these weird, like, throwback Buffalo jerseys and all these other, like, blue and black and Mr. Cartoon jerseys <laughs> and clips jerseys. <laughs> so, right. And so, even with, with this year's clips, there it's like a navy color. And I think it's like harkening back to, to maybe some of the Buffalo, uh, you know, navy blue colors that you had back there. But anyway, uh, it, it it's great. I mean, look, when when I was coming up, I think the hottest jerseys out there were the red joints from the Clippers, uh, you know, outside of the Lakers, because I, I think Lakers colors are are very unique, right? They're yellow and they're purple and, or you know, Laker blue and, and yellow or gold, whatever you want to call it. But those colors aren't like easy to like rock, like just in the world, right? You have to, you have to be wearing a Laker jersey, you know, specifically, but red, white, and blue was, you know, those Clippers, that just harkens back to my youth, like in the nineties and, and thousands early thousands is, is seeing like Elton brand, red Elton brand jerseys. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm excited D-Miles. to have those back. Oh, you D miles Q rich. I mean the whole nine and Andre Miller. I, I, I had a clipper Andre Miller Jersey, believe it or not clips when I was, wow. I think I was 12 because it was a Miller yeah. NBA Jersey and Andre Miller. I played against, you know, his high school growing up verbum day was in my, was in my high school league. And I had a lot of respect for Andre Miller uh and and uh my dad's number was 24 in college so like there was like a lot of crossover uh Mm -hmm. needless to say i don't i didn't mean to start talking about my old jersey collection but i did have a long time ago a clipper jersey and it was a red one so uh, i think everyone's going to be excited i think the jerseys will sell very very well with the with the clipper fan base uh and it should bring some of that you know clipper loyalists back especially as they're looking to sell more tickets in the new arena well i mean you bring up Andre Miller and Q Rich and stuff. This is my childhood. I'm thinking Danny right, Manning, right, right. Ron Harper, and Ken Norman, and Olden Polonese, and like Mark Jackson. It just means a lot. And from the enthusiasm from Paul Paul George from PG, he's like, "Look, yo, these are gonna be fire." He's yeah. like, "Fire!" So I'm stoked on it. It's about time, dude. That's that's part of our history, our culture, and I, I'm stoked on it. So, um, real real happy with my Clippers right now. A lot of good news coming out of there now, Drew. Yeah. On the other side, the other side of the hallway. Oh boy. We have our standard. There can't be Eclipse and Drew season without a standard LeBron James cryptic passive aggressive tweet <laughs> of the hourglass, right? And it's yep. like, are we doing this again? Even my boy Mo, my boy Mo Adkins, who is a huge Laker fan, you know, his whole family. He hits me up. He's like, God damn it. I hate it when this guy does it. Like yep. I, I miss, he's like, I miss Kobe so much. I hate it when this guy does it. Mm-hmm. And what does this mean? Right. Is it Darvin ham that you're, that you're waiting for? Is it D Is it a trade? What do you want LeBron? You know? And if you've noticed as a Laker fan, he looks beaten down. The gray hairs are showing right now. He, that there's the, 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 the new meme of the week of him, like staring down Darvin ham doing that during that Houston game where, you got Ime Udoka, who's out there coaching his team. It was like a review or whatever. Ime's coaching, and Darvin just looks lost. And LeBron's staring at Darvin like, what are you doing? And is this going to be – is this the end of Darvin Ham? Like, is this is this what's going to happen? Even though Jeannie Buss has signed on and said we're we're with Darvin. Yeah. What's, gonna, what's happening, Drew? What's what's happening over there? Yeah, it, well, it's not great, obviously. I mean, look, we I thought we were starting to turn a little bit of a corner – um, you know, as we talked briefly on the last couple podcasts, D'Angelo Russell has been unleashed. Uh, we've just kind of said, you know, it feels like we kind of handed him the ball and said, we need you to fucking score. We need you to pick this up. And and he's done a really good job of that. But outside of his increased performance, 
there hasn't been a whole lot else, uh, you know, as far as help is concerned. You just, it's just really been D'Lo, <laughs> LeBron, and AD. And, and it's very vital that we have those three guys. Austin Reeves, again, still kind of, you know, it's just a weird season from him thus far and, and hasn't really hit full stride. He has had great games, uh, but it's still kind of just very inconsistent right now from Reeves. And and the same thing goes for everyone else. Torian Prince actually is has, you know, as I've as I've monitored him over the season, he's really started to shoot a lot better in recent, you know, weeks. And I think he's close to 40% from three right now, which is fantastic. LeBron is shooting great from three. So like I what is happening, I I I still don't quite know, other than we know that this roster needs uh, you know, an injection of some sort. And they tried, I think they tried an injection of this, like, you know, let D'Lo kind of go, uh, you know, to see if that would, if that would fire us up and wake us up. And and he has won us a couple games for sure with his uh, uh, offensive output, uh, you know, but we lose, we lose, a, you know, relatively bad loss to the Clippers. Uh, and then we, I thought we started to turn a corner. We beat Chicago, beat Golden State in that unbelievable double overtime game Ooh. where Steph and LeBron just, the, you know, one for the ages, which was incredible to watch. Probably the game of the year thus far. Um, you know, maybe there was, you know, obviously there's been some scoring games of the year. We'll get individuals, to that. Yeah, <laughs> which is just keeps rolling in that might, uh, you know, take the cake. But as far as like, you know, a close, consistent, hard fought battle, uh, the Lakers in that Warrior game looks so starkly different from what we saw in the subsequent games after that against Houston and Atlanta, we like completely dropped off the face of the earth, which was really weird. And I don't really know what it is clips as far as LeBron's cryptic hourglass tweet. And it would be great for him to come up with some concrete thoughts that, that he could share. Uh, but obviously that's just not how he works. He works, you know, behind closed doors and uh, you know, post it's lame bullshit. though. It's super lame, and it happens every year, as you rightly said. And and you know, it is what it is at this point. I I also very much feel, um, you know, that same thing that your buddy Mo was talking about. Like when when LeBron does this shit, even though I'm used to it, and I kind of expect it every year, unless the Lakers are in first. Even I feel like even if the Lakers were in first, he might still send out right. <laughs> one of these hourglass things to get something across that he needs to get across. Uh, but but. Uh, I very much feel that like missing Kobe in these moments because Kobe wouldn't do this shit. He would just yell at you like and tell you exactly what he thinks. He would he would you know try and he would try to be the coach on the floor and and yell at guys in games. And LeBron really never does that. And I and I will I will say like I understand that's like his leadership style. He doesn't really ever seem to come down on a guy. Like every once in a while he'll he'll you know talk to somebody, pull somebody over the side, and start talking you know, maybe spacing or, or defensive rotation, but he doesn't really ever come down on anyone uh, to try and correct them in game. Um, and so I don't know what he wants at this point. The only, the only assumption that I can take off of it is that it's time now for whatever move that we're going to make to happen. We only have a week left before the trade deadline ends. I still think the change needs to be made in a trade. We've outlined that for months now. Um, whatever the trade is, you know, we've gone through them all. Zach Levine, DeJounte Murray, all these other smaller trades that we could possibly make or whatever it is that we're going to try and do. It, it has to happen now. So maybe that's what he's referring to. It also very much could be the hourglass on Darvin Ham. But now Doc Rivers is gone. Right. Mm -hmm. So like Doc Rivers is no longer the fail safe. There's somebody that we could have gone and scooped him up and said, OK, Doc, Doc, you know, come take the reins now that Darvin's gone. I still don't think. 
I really, I just still don't think that Darvin Ham is the issue, unless, of course, there it becomes some sort of disconnect. And and you know, what was it about a month ago? Shams is the is is tweeting out there's a growing disconnect in the Laker locker room between Darvin Ham and the players. And so, if that is still where it is, if things have not improved or gotten better, and they haven't been able to work this out, then I guess a change is going to be made. I just don't know what we're going to be doing as far as bringing in another coach. And it just, it just seems like the wrong move to me. It just seems like the wrong move. The move needs to be on the roster side. So let's trade D'Lo. Like he's done so well. Let's fucking pull the trigger to bring in D'Angelo to, to, to get rid of D'Angelo Russell and bring in somebody or pull the trigger on an Austin Reeves. I mean, you know, it is what it is at this point. I love Austin Reeves, but something, if we're going to take advantage of what LeBron and Anthony Davis are cap are, are, are performing for us at this time, you know, everyone's on the table. So I agree with LeBron. It's it's now time for sure for us to make the move. But I just hate the the cryptic way that he goes about it. You know, you're talking about trading D'Lo, though, right? Which has been the talk for, for months yeah. now. But you've also been saying that we need shooting and whatnot. And mm-hmm. D'Lo last in January was second behind Steph Curry in three in three points. He's, He's on a heater. 46%. Yeah. Yeah. Among players with at least eight threes attempted a game, D'Lo ranked first in shooting at 46%. Totally. He ranked second in threes per game, trailing only Steph Curry. So, I, you know, I just don't know if you're going to get – maybe maybe D'Lo's hot for the rest of the year. Go ahead. Yeah, I know you want to say something. Go for no, it. No, no, I, and I, I think this is the point that I'm making. Like like I said, whatever the move is, if it's D'Lo, fine. Like, let's 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 push the button and make it happen. If it's not D'Lo, D'Lo then it has to be Hachimura, right? Like, right. Hachimura, we just keep we keep waiting and keep waiting for him to start hitting stride, and it's not panning out. We cannot trade Jared Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt this year. Um, and, and I still think he has a key role on this team. If we're going to do everything, I still see Jared Vanderbilt kind of being on the floor. If we're going to make something happen. So if Hachimura is the thing, let's keep D'Lo and let's get, let's get something in here for Hachimura. Like that's in my head, there has to, whatever the move is, you know, and I agree with you hundred percent. D'Lo is on fire right now. And he's, he's really playing great offensively. I still horrible mistakes all the time. Every game there's, there's like a handful of times where I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. Uh, but, you know, it is it's going the ball's going in the hoop right now. And that that's that's more than we can say for you know 80 percent of this roster. So if we keep D'Lo fine, but whatever it is, it's, something's got to happen. So I, I feel like that's what LeBron is referring to. And I have to say that encapsulates very much how I feel internally as well. Like something has to has to change. So at this point, I'm willing to let go of Darvin Ham, whatever it is, I wouldn't I wouldn't. Do Darvin Ham first. I would try for the roster, but if it's Darvin Ham and someone can come in and wake up this roster and figure out a different offensive scheme, then so be it. I still think that our rookie is letting us down too. As we're getting into, we'll get into more rookie stuff. But you know, when it comes to organizing the roster, uh, I just feel like we we definitely missed something there, or, or and the guys continue to underperform that we have. Uh, I just think that again, we we bring this up all the time. It's it, we're halfway through the season, right? LeBron's damn damn near forty years old. Like changing coaches mid season, I just don't right. think that's the answer right now. Like you just got to go with what you got, and the players got to be better. There was a interesting um, stat that I read the other day: the Lakers are last in drives to the basket in the <laughs> NBA, yeah, and they're first in free throw differential. That's crazy to me. How are you last in drives to the basket, but first in free throw differential? 
Because there's always talks, you know, there's games where Lakers get 20 more free throws than most of the teams or other teams and whatnot. Yep. Anyways, that just stood out as no, really it, It's a good stat. I think it was our own home <laughs> home court announcer uh, for, the, for the Lakers that read that stat out loud in the last game and people ran with it. Uh, I do think we're, we, we do offensive rebound a lot. So there is mm -hmm. that, like, because True. we are, we, we do have Anthony Davis and we have guys like Vanderbilt and that, that, and Hachimura, Austin Reeves, you know, flies around for us. Everyone's trying to offensive rebound and we're missing a lot of shots. This is the other thing that people may not take into account. We are missing a lot of shots, right. which gives us a lot of opportunity to offensive rebound without necessarily having to drive the ball to the basket. I do also think like, while we don't have the most, half court drives to the hoop we do have a lot of transition buckets and i wonder if that's probably offsetting that that specific number because i think when they're talking about drives to the hoop i believe that's referring to a, a half court setting uh and in that fashion we are not we don't do that we are very much more motion try and set some screens get lebron the ball in space get anthony davis the ball in you know in some form of the post uh or let d do his thing on a pick and roll which honest, which which most times finishes with a lob. So, you know, if those aren't considered drives to the hoop, then it is what it is. But I, I say all that to say we are also getting a lot of calls. I won't I won't okay, just end okay. it on that because we do. We I mean, look, with LeBron, um, uh, you know, LeBron gets a lot of <laughs> gets a lot yeah. of calls. He can he can say that he still doesn't get as many calls as he thinks he does. He's, he does. Uh, Anthony Davis gets a lot, you know, gets, gets the free throw line a lot, too. So. Uh, I'm not shocked by those numbers, but I also think that can be a little misleading based on, you know, the way that the Lakers play. You know, the Lakers play Boston tonight and they've been pushing it. They've been pushing it as this is the 300th meetup, regular season meetup for yeah. them. And, you know, the the rivalry and the picture of it today is Jalen Brown and it's D'Lo instead of because LeBron and AD aren't playing tonight. <clears throat> yep. Let me read. Let me read why they're not playing tonight. Anthony Davis, bilateral Achilles tendinopathy in left hip spasm and LeBron left ankle peroneal tendinopathy. <laughs> Both are out tonight against the Celtics. So this, it's not going to be much of a, of a game tonight. I'm not thinking, I don't know, but drew what both of those have been injury designations for the entire season for those guys. <laughs> it's just an ongoing thing. LeBron's ankle is an ongoing thing. This is, this is something that's been happening really for, uh, you know, going back even to last season, if you'll remember, he picked up a pretty bad couple ankle injuries last year, and one is definitely still nagging him. So he keeps turning it too. And if you're watching the Lakers play, there's oh, it seems like you know every three to four games something happened and, and he rolled his ankle a little bit, mm. or it's like a you know like a half roll. So I'm not not shocked to see them out. I'm also not sh shocked to see them out against Boston because we're going to get our asses beat anyway. Right. So like, why, <laughs> why, why have those guys out there? If we're just going to take an L like let, let them rest against the Celtics. I do have breaking news, Drew. I have okay, breaking what do we news. Got? I love breaking news while we're recording. Well, I have two things while you were just talking one, Joel Embiid has a torn meniscus. In his oh, life. no way. Yep. That's what's God just damn it. All right. Well, so that's a wrap on all NBA on uh, MVP. It's a wrap for for Joel Embiid. I mean, Plumlee was out eight weeks with a partially torn meniscus. If Embiid has a torn meniscus, I I I'm not saying he won't be back. Well, he's done this before, where he's just decided to play through it. I think what mm -hmm. was that two seasons ago in the playoffs? He had a meniscus, and he just said, "Fuck it, I'm going to play through it." Obviously, he's not going to. He should not do that right now, given the 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 you know, the, 
the time of the season that we're in, right? He needs to fully recover so that it is fully healed for the playoffs. And, uh, you know, from, from the sideline reporting by Chris Haynes from uh, the game against the Warriors, <laughs> where Joel played and and looked banged up, it certainly looked like he, he had an issue going on in that game. Uh, Chris Haynes said, you know, Joel had two... <laughs> Two keys for this season. Be the best player in the NBA was the first key, and he kind of just hopped over that one. And the second one is uh, be fully healthy going in the playoffs, right? So he, whoever was leaking that, if it's, if it's Joel directly or if it's his team, whoever's leaking that is clearly kind of setting the stage here for guess who's not going to play 65 games. <laughs> like, right? And that's, I think well, that's just where we're at with Joel. And now, yeah, and it's, now, think... and now it's definitely the case, right? Like, Oh, it's not happening. He's definitely going to be out for at least a couple weeks. Again, and Halliburton has three games left uh, to to miss out on his All NBA sixty five game thing. This whole thing's going to backfire, man. It's going to really freaking backfire for a lot of people, and um, that's just sad. That's sad news for Philly fans. That means, I mean, at least eight weeks. It's got to be harder for for a big man like that. That's that's crazy. Uh, the other breaking news is as we're recording, they're announcing the All Stars reserves for the East and the West. And we, me, me, and your picks are pretty much on, except for one, Drew, one in the West. Guess who got the nod that we didn't have? Th- that we didn't have. I mean, we had, but we he they, he didn't make it for us. I think he was an honorable mention. Was it De'Aaron Fox? No, it was Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, he, I he, figures he, as much. Minnesota gets two. No go bear though, right? Uh, no go bear, but Julius made it in. And Bam made it in too. I was a little nervous about those, but Maxi got it. Congrats to Tyrese Maxi. Very well deserved. Uh Mitchell, Brunson, obviously. Jalen Brown. And I don't think Trey, yeah, no, no Trey Young. No. Oh, Paolo made it. Paolo did make wow. it. All right. Paolo. There Paolo we go. Paolo over Trey. Good for him. Good for Trey's gonna God, people hate Trey so much. Again. It really sucks. I mean, I mean, Luca. Well, I mean, it is what it is. Luca just kind of put a bow on that whole Trey thing, I think. <laughs> Let's just do it. Let's just go into that then. It's been a crazy week. Who would have yeah. thought, you know, last podcast we're talking about it, B dropping 70, Cat getting benched with 62, and then Luca. And we were just saying, you know, one thing I said was like, you don't think these, like KD can't go out and get 60? Like it's easy for them. And then Luca goes out and gets 73, right? Yep. Against Atlanta. The mm-hmm. team that traded him, drafted him, and traded him, <laughs> did it in Trey Young's dome. Yeah. Seventy three, man. Like, what, what, what is going on now? So, like, I get it. We like to see scoring. It's, it's crazy how we've had all this scoring just in the past weeks. But like, are we? Do, is there any pride anymore? Like, does anybody want to play defense anymore? I know this is, sounds like some old head shit, and I brought up a while ago, like how I miss Rashid and Kenyon Martin and stuff like that. You can't let people give you 70 mm. on your dome. You just cannot. Or at least do everything you possibly can. Remember, Kobe's 81-point game was an insane game. He did it in a in a in a in a symphony of moves and how he made the basket created a lot of free, throws. A lot of free, lot throws, of free throws too. Yeah. But like, are we just not playing defense anymore? Is this where we're at? And right. maybe maybe we're gonna have the 80-point game here. Yeah. And to be honest with you, it, it looked kind of easy for Luca. And and the 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 phrase that he said his rookie year where he's like yeah it's pretty easy to score in the NBA a lot easier to score over here he's fucking right it is easy you shouldn't be getting seventy three points man that's just insane but yeah 
it just makes me it makes me think again this is showing my age i remember being this is when i was really into baseball when i was a kid and like i remember cecil fielder who was my favorite player man and how long it took him like the the anticipation for him to get a 50 home run year. Right. And he got 50 and 51 in the same night. And it was mind blowing to me. And now we're at this time where it's like, Hey, 60, not bad. Like that's, that's cool. And now we're dropping 73, like have some fucking respect guys, put somebody on their ass. (laughs) Well, I think that the thing with the, with the Luca specifically the Luca game, because Devin Booker dropped 62 that same night, right before, Luca and and the and the Hawks kicked off their game, um, and it seemed to me in watching that game that Quinn Snyder just said, "We're gonna try this thing where we're not doubling Luca, we're just gonna make him score the buckets, right? And we'll see what happens." And then three quarters in, he has sixty. I think he had, I think he had sixty points with eleven minutes left in the game. So he had almost a full quarter at, at to go, almost three quarters of sixty points, um, and and then they started to double team him a little bit. But in that game specifically, Luca seventy three. Only two other guys got in double digits, and the game was close. Right. So I do think you know while it it's one of these things where you can say oh there's no defense, I think there was an it was a tactical decision by the Atlanta Hawks that clearly backfired because the guy just made everything right. There's also like the the litany of tough shots that he made and, and ones that he made in that game and step back threes that he loves to make. And uh, I just think, yeah, certainly if you watch some of the highlights of that game, like there's one that I can remember after watching the game where he just like walked down, like slowly dribbled all the way down the lane and shot a left-handed layup because Dwight Powell, I think, had a seal and just looked like he just like walked to the basket and put in the layup. Like, right. so that that's tough. That's a tough one to swallow. It's a tough one to watch as an NBA fan, basketball fan. You go, that doesn't seem like basketball. You're just letting this guy walk to the hoop. But at the same time, I do think there was, you know, a risk that Quinn Snyder took and said, hey, you know, fuck this. We're going to let him go. We're not going to shut everyone else down. Nobody else is going to score and we should be able to outscore this guy. The problem is he goes for 73 and 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 the Mavericks go for 148. And the Atlanta Hawks can't outscore him, even though Trey had a pretty good game. Um, and then in the Devin Booker one, too, I really don't think there was a lack of defense in that one necessarily, even though, it, you know, it's in Indiana Pacers and and the Suns are not defensive juggernauts. But Devin Booker lost that game again. That's another, you know, record scoring night where he gets an L, loses oh. by two from a buzzer beater from Obi Toppin. Uh, but he had 62 points. He had 29 points in the first quarter. So that one, to me, isn't necessarily just about defense because he just scored all the points. Mm-hmm. I think I think Phoenix had 39 or 40 points in that first quarter. Devin Booker had 29 of them. It's you know that's it's insane. That's a, it's almost Clay Thompson territory when we're talking about points in, in a single quarter that that has been happened in modern basketball right there. So for Devin Booker to come out you know, razor sharp, just on fire, hitting everything that he throws up at the basket. There's not much you're going to do in that first quarter mm. to, to say, okay, the guy's going to score 30 fucking points in 12 minutes. That's insane. Um, so again, I do think there's a level of shot making that we're seeing from certain level of, of offensive players mm. uh, that is at a rate at which we couldn't have as, a, a expected. Like Joel Embiid being as efficient as he is on how many shots he's getting. And that's happening with Luca, that's happening with Donovan Mitchell. It's happening with a lot of these guys, and uh, they're just able to make shots and they're able to get to their spots. They've done so well. These trainers have done so well at getting these guys into like these space 
they just they just know where to go and what move to make when they get to these spots, right? They just it's just the repetition of the constant. Okay, when I go here, this guy reacts like this. Then I do this move and I get to the basket, or I have you know x x outlet options. So it is definitely becoming more like a video game year after year. And I and and what I said in the last podcast is like I'm not going to be shocked if the number of people that goes that that have scored seventy points increases in the next couple of years. Little did I know it was going to happen that night. That week, now, yeah. Now it was literally that night that right. that we have uh, Luka Doncic going for seventy three and being the tenth player now to reach that threshold. I think he's the fifth player ever to score seventy three or more in a game. I think he's on a very very short list for that one too. And you know when you can get to the line twenty three twenty five times a night, exactly. that helps out too. And you can hit free throws. It just makes such a big difference. Did you know who got Luka's jersey after that game? Because he asked him before the game. Was it uh, was it Quavo? It was it was Boosie, Boosie badass. Oh yeah, <laughs> asked him before the game. Boosie's had a lot of those ATL games. Yeah, and uh, he got that Luca jersey. So Good nice him. pick, nice pickup. Um, quick question: what do, What do you feel about tribute videos for KD in Brooklyn? Because <laughs> he looked he looked like he didn't want it to happen. I don't think he wanted yeah. it to happen. It was pretty awkward. Can we just chill? With the jersey switching and the tribute video, yes, give Dame one. Totally. Please give Dame one. Yeah, give Russell one and OKC. Perfectly fine with that. Can we chill on Kevin Durant's sixteen-month stint in, in Brooklyn? It was longer than that. I know, bro. I'm being exagero, but you get what I'm saying. I do, and I look. There's one highlight that stands out to me, and it's the only highlight. And unfortunately, it's a low light. Is Kevin Durant hitting the three that isn't the three? on the line to lose to the bucks that's mm-hmm. the highlight video and it's whatever however many seconds that is 11 we'll call it 11 seconds that's the that's the tribute video that kevin durant should have gotten because that's as close as they ever got to doing anything special there and unfortunately uh whatever you know yeah he had some highlights that were really cool and uh you know that he won some some awesome games there uh, but nothing of it actually mattered so yeah it, the tribute video thing is such a strange it's such so a really strange thing to give it to certain guys, you know, after only four years, like like KD, for instance. I think, you know, clearly Damian Lillard is is the type of player in career that goes home back home to Portland yes. and gets yes. a tribute video. That's what they're that's what tribute videos were intended for. Not for some weird transitionary period for one of the greater players that we had just because he was there for four years. I mean, did you? Did, was, was it really four years? Was it him walking around the streets of Brooklyn in the in the clip as well, being like, "I love New York," and then and then that was it, right? Like, I don't know. Like KD's tribute video should be at OKC, right? Yeah, KD's yeah. tribute video may be Golden State Warriors, which I think I'm pretty sure that might have happened mm-hmm. when when he visited after after returning from injury for Brooklyn. So you know it. It's so stupid. <laughs> it's that's just that's so, basically what I'm getting at. It's just so dumb. We don't need it. We all remember what happened when KD was there. We all remember, like, you know, Kyrie's tribute video shouldn't happen either, right? James uh, Hart was there for uh, pancakes and a coffee. Like, he's not going to get a tribute video. I just don't get, I don't get the the idea behind it. Look, I under, they, they may just want to pay respects to KD, but he came out and said, "This is stupid. We don't need this." The, what's crazy is the big three in Phoenix right now has already played more games than <laughs> than Kyrie, Harden, and, and Durant together. That's wild. Yep. 17 to 16. 16 games those guys play together. Yep. That just it it blows my mind, man. Um, 
I'm trying to see if there's anything else we need to bring up. Knicks are on fucking fire. They are on yeah. fire right now. Jalen Brunson, wow. I mean, he should be in the in the MVP talks. I got that. We already talked about Luca. What about Rajon getting arrested and then people getting pissed off at me for posting? It was on World Star. I just ripped it from World Star, and everybody's like, "Stop saying they were drugs. It was weed." And I'm like, "Dude, I, but the reason I'm pointing <laughs> this out is Rajon looks." Like he's going through some shit right now. That's mm. the whole reason why I posted it. Like he gets arrested for it's guns and weed. Okay. So you're rolling around in a car with guns and weed and you get arrested in Indiana. Probably this isn't California where we're extremely okay with people smoking weed and having weed and all that shit. The reason I, I hope Rajon's okay, but these are the kind of things, these are these are the the gateway things. We're, we're going to see this again. If he's rolling around with, with guns and weed right now, what's going to happen next year and the year after that? That's all I was doing. Did you see the picture, Drew? I took it down because people were so upset. I did see the picture. I did see the picture. Uh, not not great news from Rondo, but, you know, is it shocking that a uh, multimillionaire has a little bit of guns, got a little bit of wet marijuana right. on him? Not, no. not shocking. Not shocking. Uh, I, I, uh, I'm with you, though. I mean, look, Rondo will probably end up in the Hall of Fame at some point. Has right? to be. And uh, all I hope for is that, you know, when that happens, he's, like, fully good to go and able to attend and give a great speech, talk about, you know, some of the things that he was able to accomplish. I also think he's, like, a, a, a tremendously, from all reports, like, even even down to his high school, like, test scores, a tremendously smart individual. So I'm, I'm not nervous or worried necessarily about Rondo. I think he might have just got caught up with some – you know, <laughs> get they caught him riding dirty. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Charlemagne. Like, you know, that's what happens sometimes. Uh, and hopefully it's all chameleonaire. Chameleonaire. Yeah, excuse me. What did I who, who did I say? Charlemagne's Breakfast Club. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh chameleonaire. Apologies. My bad. Mm-hmm. My bad. Uh, Who's another extremely smart guy? That guy's yeah. made like hundreds of millions so of much dollars. money. <laughs> <laughs> and look, you know, Rondo probably he's got to figure out what to do with himself in his time, right? Yeah. Like, you know, get yourself engaged in some, you know, hobbies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Certainly, uh, Memphis Grizzlies don't sign up Rondo. You know, maybe just don't bring that into the into the locker room with John Morant after his exploits. Yeah. So maybe keep them away from each other. But uh, yeah, hopefully, better times for Rondo. All right, Drew wanted to do uh what do you what do you want to do with the rookies? We want to do a rookie check-in with yeah. our guys halfway through the season. Yeah, exactly. We're a little bit more than halfway through the season. We had a lot of conversations about uh, you know, this rookie class. And I just wanted to kind of go through it and take a snapshot and see what the rookie picture looks like right now. We're gonna start off with uh, a list of the top ten rookies on the rookie ladder from NBA.com. Obviously, the the rookie ladder starts with number one, Victor Wenbanyama in the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, right now, he's averaging 20.6 points per game, 10 rebounds, three blocks per game. Uh, and I think is pretty clearly the rookie of the year this year. And a close second is Chet Holmgren for Oklahoma City Thunder. He's averaging 16.7 points per game, seven and a half rebounds, and 2.6 blocks per game. Those two guys seem to be far and away the uh the one and two for the rookie ranking list and and i'm not shocked at that i don't think anyone listening to this podcast is shocked at that do you have any uh thing to say regarding who you think should be 
the number one out of those two as of right now, halfway through the season. It's it's Wimbo yeah. for me right now. And it's fine. If Chet gets it, that's fine too. But I'm more I'm more interested in the guys that we're talking. We've talked a lot about Chet, a lot about Wimbo. We all see it. We see we see what they could do. Chet had another dagger last night. I think the most impressive thing about Chet that I've seen this season is he's got balls. He's got big freaking stones, man. And doesn't and doesn't mind taking big shots and hitting big shots. And and that that's hard for the young guys. You know what I'm saying? Like normally it takes some time. That guy's got stones. I think the next guy you're going to bring up is who I want to talk about, and that's Brandon Miller, right? And so Brandon Miller and Wembo, they won Rookies of the Month for January. Uh, Wembo in, in January, 24-9-3. and three. That's awesome. And Brandon Miller, 16-4-2. and two. And, you know, Brandon Miller has more of a green light in Charlotte, but it's more of I, – I, I wasn't that familiar with Brandon Miller going into the draft. I, I remember how pissed off I was with when Mike took Brandon over Scoot. Uh, but from the games that I watch of Brandon Miller and from what I see from him, he's very Paul Georgie, dude. Like the skill set this guy has is is elite. And I think he's got potential to be one of these guys in the next two, three, four years, especially if you're stuck in a garbage team with Charlotte. Like he should be the guy that's getting 25, 28 points a night at some point because you got the green light and he's got the skill set to do it. So I, I'm really impressed with him lately. Well, yeah, and especially, you know, LaMelo being injured for a large portion of this season, Terry Rozier getting traded out of there. Brandon Miller is now definitely the, the like he's the featured player at this point, essentially. Mm -hmm. So he's going to get his usage rates going up already. We're already seeing that happen, as you've outlined with his numbers in January. Overall for the season, he is averaging 15 points, four rebounds, 2.3 assists per game. And to your Paul George point, he came out and said that Paul George – is his favorite player. That's who he models his game after. And I think it shows out. I think it's a right person for him to model his game after. He's around the same size. He's got some crazy athleticism. I don't know. Most people probably saw the viral dunk of him yamming on top of uh, of, of our boy. Who was that? Who was that under their clips? I think it was uh, uh, Walker Kessler. I think he caught okay. Walker Kessler on on that drive to the basket, which made, you know, sports center top 10 for sure. That was nasty boy. Woo! And, and he is, nasty. he's very skilled. I also think he's kind of unselfish. Like all the, the PG comparisons are legit. I think he's, he can be the next version of Paul George in this league. But um, it's, but there's something there though, if they can get build around LaMelo and him, because mm -hmm. their, their, their team is garbage. Everybody else on that squad doo -doo. is, is, is doo doo. Right. But you have something there. You got two really important young pieces there. Right. But you, you got to start moving and getting them some talent. Well, they added the young and lively Kyle Lowry uh, to the mix here. So uh, maybe not not what you would expect to see. Oh, uh, he probably hates it. He's probably like Eric Gordon in Houston right now. He's like, get me the hell out of here. I do no not kidding. want to be here. No, I yeah, I still it's weird that there still hasn't been any movement from him. Maybe it's a buyout. Maybe maybe there's gonna no try. movement anywhere, Drew. Nobody's yeah. doing anything. Yeah, it's strange. Um, we'll see what happens with with Kyle Lowry. Uh, I have a weird feeling that he's going to get bought out and shipped over to the Lakers, but that is what it is. Number four on the list, and uh, you know there could be a strong case for four and five to be switched for some folks, but number four right now, Jaime Jaquez for the Miami Heat. Uh, underrated, should have been drafted by the Lakers. He was a UCLA guy for so long, and we drafted Jalen Hutchafina, who will not be on the top ten list here today, or the uh, top Jaylen, twenty. <laughs> he's not. I mean, yeah, he might not be in the top thirty. Uh, and you know, I think the problem for us, uh, you know, when when 
we drafted Hachifino, I think we already had assumed that somehow or another we would trade D'Angelo Russell uh, and we would need another guard coming off the bench kind of a guy. And, and look, Hachifino, I think, can have a pretty good career in the NBA, maybe. Uh, but right now, it's not looking very good for him. He's he uh, just not cutting it for the Lakers. And Jaime Jaquez would have been tremendous, right? We could have, for instance, we could have not re-signed Hachimura and drafted Jaime Hawkins and he could have been fantastic for us, but he has recently uh, been injured. He had a little bit of a groin strain and uh, in his first couple of games back, hasn't been shooting great. Jaime Hawkins has not, but still again, averaging 13 and a half points per game, four rebounds, 2.7 assists, and just a smart basketball player. Like, well, well done to Miami there. And the fifth, the fifth one quickly is Derek Lively. Uh, there's a reason why I said that both of those guys could be swapped because Derek Lively is huge for Dallas Mavericks. He was drafted, uh, you know, 12th overall. Again, and I, I didn't mention this, but uh, Jaime Hawkins was the 18th overall pick. So 17 teams, not just the Lakers, but 17 teams missed out on this guy. <laughs> and and another 11 missed out on Derek Lively in the number five seat, number five spot here on the on the ladder. Lively's numbers are a little bit more pedestrian, and I do think Jaime Hawkins is better, so I would stick with the order that we have it in right now. But Derek Lively is super important for the Mavericks. Uh, when he plays at least 26 minutes for the Mavericks, they are 14-5. and five. And when he scores seven or more points in a game, he, they're 16-6. and six. Uh, So he he's tremendously efficient. He's averaging, like, I don't know, close to 70% from the field because all he's doing is dunking the ball. Right. 9.2 points per game eight uh, points per game, eight rebounds per game, and one and a half blocks per game for Derek Lively. Thoughts on those guys? I mean, Hawkes came on hot, and uh, Miami's been awful the past, what is it, or they've lost eight in a row, seven in a row, whatever it is. Yeah. Like, they need to figure it out. And we're all thinking, like, oh, this really doesn't matter. Regu- you know, the Jimmy's going to turn it on when Jimmy turns it on in the playoffs and whatnot. Hawkes is great. I like him. They have something really special there. And with Lively – it's the perfect player for Luca. That's exactly who yep. Luca needed. I brought this up. Like they brought in Tyson Chandler specifically to work with Lively because they wanted him to be like a Tyson Chandler. And he's doing that. So young, athletic, got a nose for the ball, perfect playing for Luca. Looks like he doesn't, you know, take stupid shots. Uh, he's active, he's a lob threat. He can do all of that stuff. That's exactly what Luca needs. I think they got some good pieces with them. And and look, I, I think Hawkes is great. I think I, something inside of me has me thinking that his sophomore year is going to be equivalent to the Austin Reeves thing. Like, I think Jaime is nice. I do. Sure. I'm not hating at all. But, <clears throat> excuse me, Um, I don't think he's going to be an NBA All-Star. I'll just say that. And I could be completely wrong. But great pickup. Again, yes, he probably would have been better on the Lakers. Lakers should have taken it with hindsight. A lot of these players that we're talking about, you're probably going to get into pods next, you know? Yep. Pajemski's six on the list. Brandon Pajemski uh, drafted 19th overall. Again, the Lakers could have drafted him. Not surprised we didn't draft another white guard. We already have the quotas full for the Lakers, so probably couldn't, might be in the stipulations. Couldn't even look at him. Uh Uh, But the Pajemski's playing quite well for the Warriors. Um, he's leading the league in charge charges taken. That's a stat that I'll throw out there. Uh, and he's averaging just under 10 points per game, uh, five and a half rebounds for a guard, great rebounding stats and a 3.2 assists per game. And I just like his game. I like the way he plays. Uh, I do think he would be playing for the Lakers, regardless of that, (laughs) that little joke I made. Uh, If the Lakers had drafted him instead of, you know, Jalen Hutchifino, I think this kid would get on the floor. He can certainly shoot the ball, which, 
good Shafino can't seem to do. We just are allergic to drafting shooters. Um, and then wait, hold on one second. I want to say I want to bring something up about pods. Wait, wait. Let me finish this because th- these two again are, are are very closely linked. Because number seven on the list is Cam Whitmore. Uh, so Pajemski was drafted 19th. Cam Whitmore drafted 20th. Uh, and Cam Whitmore, I don't even think he's going to be eligible for the Rising Stars game. He may or may not be. But Cam Whitmore is averaging 11 points, four rebounds, and almost zero assists. Not a shocker. But he has jumped uh, from from five points per game and six minutes per game to almost 13 points per game and uh, 20 minutes per game in January. So he is really on the, like the, the curve is up for Cam Whitmore right now. Both of those guys, including <laughs> Hyman Hawkins, I guess this is just mostly an exercise in who the Lakers, like my remorse on who the Lakers missed out on. Uh, but Pajemski, Cam Whitmore, uh, fantastic. And six and seven on the list of 10. Where do you, uh, where do you have those guys on your list? Well, going back to pods really quick. Pods is another guy stones. Guy, this guy's got balls. You bring up charges. He took a charge from Embiid. Oh yeah, right. And he got two on Kawhi when we played. When we played in the Bay, like he got. He's good at that. If you got a guy out there willing to put his body on the line for the team to take a charge from a three hundred and thirty pound center, like give me that guy on the team. And you're right. He does. He takes. He takes good. Takes and makes good shots. He looks like he's been playing in the NBA for a long time. I like guys like that. And Cam Whitmore, I've talked about Cam Whitmore. I love Cam Whitmore, uh, especially this past like month or whatever with Houston because he was sent to the G League. You had mentioned when the season started, we have all the – Houston has all of these players that that play the same position. So where are the minutes going to come from? I haven't seen a rookie like this attack the rim like he, This guy just wants to bang everything, dude. Oh, yeah. Everything. He went coast to coast last night, or it was the Laker game. Coast to coast, mean bang out. Seems like everything he wants to do, super hyper aggressive. I love it. We got to got to calm him down a little bit. You know what I mean? Maybe work on getting getting a jumper involved in there. But I like all of that. I like I I like both those guys you're talking about. And it'd be a shame if he's not able to play in the the Rising Stars game. Yeah, I agree. And and some someone that's not on this list that is also you know, a pretty high draft pick is, is, uh, Amen Thompson of the Thompson twins. He was drafted fourth overall. He is not on this list. Uh, but he is also still pretty good. I mean, he's averaging six points, four boards, two assists, uh, only hurt. played, only played in 20. Yeah. He's only played in 28 games thus far, 458 minutes. So not a lot of minutes per game, but, uh, I think they have just a, a litany of young guard talent, obviously in Houston and, and with, you know, Van Bleet, and Brooks occupying some spots there. I mean, somebody's got to be going, right? Like I, I know they were able to offload Kevin Porter Jr., but they still they got a lot of a lot of guard depth. Uh, they do. Houston. But speaking of guard depth, really quick, Jalen Green over his last five games for Houston, thirty points, seven rebounds a game, three assists, shooting fifty one percent, thirty six from three. Like we've all known, Jalen Green has the skill set to to be that guy. He's nice, man. But again, mm-hmm. another one of these guys on that team that played the same position. And you had a fun fact about the twins. What was what was the fact you gave me today? Well, yeah. So Amen Thompson and his brother Asar Thompson uh, went fourth and fifth in the draft. Uh, Asar is playing more, is having a little bit more success as far as minutes and points and all this stuff for Detroit. Uh, but neither of the twin Thompson twins made the list of the top ten. Oddly enough, as I went through this. 
Both of those guys are averaging exactly 47.2% from the field for their shooting percentages this season. Even Identical though, twins. Identical twins, and even though one has only played 28 games, one's played 47, perfectly identical field goal percentage at 472 uh, and then Asar Thompson, because he is playing more, getting more opportunity, eight eight point two uh, points per game, six and a half rebounds, and just uh, just under two assists per game for Asar. So the Thompson twins, while they may just have been a little bit more of a project than maybe we thought when when they were drafted, certainly a lot of upside on those two guys. Totally agree. Uh, but it is amazing that twins would have identical twins would have identical field goal. Just the math on that. So it's got to be so difficult. Seriously, like one if because if one one shot goes and another doesn't for either one of those guys, it's different. Crazy stuff. Um, OK, eight, nine and ten. We'll just run through them. And then, uh, you know, obviously, you know, you can share whatever you whatever you have on these guys. But eight, number eight right now on the list, Jordan Hawkins, New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, bit of a sniper. Love this kid. He was drafted 14th overall. Um, had a great year at UConn. And uh, right now averaging ten and a half points per game, three boards, one and a half assists. Uh, but mostly just just a solid basketball player right there. Really so- solid draft pick for New Orleans. Would love to see him get more minutes if he can, honestly. Uh, but they're you know they're pretty stacked too, so it's not the easiest to get him going. Uh, but when Brandon Ingram goes down, or if someone you know one of those other wings that they have, there's so many freaking wings in in, in the Pelicans. Uh, when one of those goes down, Jordan Hawkins is ready ready to pull the trigger. Uh, number nine, Keontae George, Utah Dra- Utah Jazz. He was drafted 16th overall. He's averaging 11 points, two and a half rebounds, 4.2 assists per game. This kid's pretty good. Okay. Uh, he had two games uh, against the, uh, the back-to-back games against the Nets and the Knicks and scored a total of 36 points in those two on 12 of 23 shooting recently. So awesome numbers from him. And he kind of under under the radar guy. Not a lot of guys were talking about him pre-draft, but I think they got a pretty solid uh Pretty solid guy for a few years in Keontae George for Utah. And last but not least, the guy that I had put a smile on my face to see him on the number 10 spot here is your guy, Scoot Henderson. Scoot! He made the list, but just barely by the chinny chin chin. uh, And is, you know, statistically getting, you know, a little bit better as far as points per game. Uh, 12.2 points per game, three rebounds, four and a half assists. It's not bad. The number three overall pick in this draft, but right now sits at 10th overall. Interesting fact about our guy, Scoot, is uh turns out he couldn't see very well. Something that might impact the way that you play the game of basketball is your vision. It helps. They figured it out pretty card. fast, though. I mean, after that rocky start there, they said, Hey, well, let me hold on a second. Where do you think the basket is again? Like how, what, what color is the rim? Uh, you know, all that stuff. And then they go, Hey, Scoot, actually, we think this your vision's 10, 10 Scoot. This is going to be a problem. This might help here now. And boom, (laughs) voila, lo and behold, it helps when you see better in the game of basketball. What a shocker there, but Scoot Henderson rolls in at 10 and is on the up and up, even though Portland, not necessarily on the up and up, although they, they just beat the Milwaukee bucks. So who am I to say where Portland is or not some of the Lakers can't do. So, uh, what about those three guys, George, um, Jordan uh, and Scoot, Jordan Hawkins and and Scoot. What do you think of those guys? You know, Jordan Hawkins. I he started off hotter than fish grease this season. And oh yeah, I like I like him a lot. He reminds me a lot of Norman Powell. If that if he could be a Norman Powell type player, uh, I think he he'll be just fine. The minutes are going to be tough to get there. Being yeah. young, I don't know what he's going to see in the playoffs. 
but obviously this guy is shooting potential. Love him a lot. Keontae George was one of my questions. When we did one question for each NBA team, I turned it into probably three questions for each NBA team. But my Utah Jazz question was, how are you going to utilize Keontae George? This kid's really good. Another one of these guys, I think he's going to take – you know, we're seeing the potential this year, but maybe in year two, three, four, we're going to see this guy really. Hopefully, that's like what happens with Jaden Ivey, too, is getting a little more. He's finally out of the doghouse with Monty Williams. Uh, but we're going to finally, with more reps and more time, get to see if this guy's actually really good, Jaden Ivey. And I think the same thing with Keontae George up, up there in Utah. Love it. We all know how I feel about Scoot. Thank God he got his vision checked. Um, those numbers, you know, we're, we're talking about Brandon Miller being third. And Brandon Miller's only averaging 15 points a game. Scoot's at 12. Like, he's not that far off. Maybe we set the bar a little too high for Scoot and our expectations for Scoot. Uh, but, but, again, these guys are young. It's going to take them time. Portland is not good at all. I mean, they're better than uh, they are better than they were when they started. But, you know, I'm not – I'm. I, I think those. Are, that's a great list. I'm all for that. I still believe in Scoot a lot. I know you do, too. Mm -hmm. There's nobody that's on the list that you just gave me that – um, you know, shouldn't be there. I think, I think Cam to me right now is the guy I'm going to be watching the most. Like yeah, I, you know. I want to see what, yeah, man, I want to see what they do with him there. Cause there's so much potential in Houston. They're so well coached. I think he may, you know, can look at the situation. He is very smart. And when you look at a guy who's got a motor like Cam, who can attack the rim like Cam, um, He's the one that I'm going to be watching. I want to see him do well. All these guys I want to see do well. Is there anybody lower in the draft, Drew, that you, you that you want to bring up? That's yeah. Well, there certainly is. I mean, there's a couple guys at the bottom end of the of the first round and into the second round that I'll touch on. But something that's actually glaring to me as we go through that list of ten is that there is, uh, you know, the top three uh, as far as Wembenyama, Brandon Miller, Scoot Henderson. Those are drafted one, two, three. All three of those guys make the top ten. But then when you go through drafts number four through nine uh which is you know the the thompson twins anthony black for orlando koulibaly for indiana walker for uh washington hendrix for utah and uh and that's that's uh four through nine none of those guys are on the list i think koulibaly's close anthony black is still my favorite player and i think given more time he'll he'll turn into the guy that i think he'll he'll be for his career as far as a super efficient, tall point guard that can do it all. Uh, but certainly not getting as many opportunities as some of the, his, his other guys. And so the glaring thing to me is that it, this is what the draft is, right? It really is. It's a crap shoot when you, when you're drafting these guys and, you know, in this particular draft, there's only 58 guys drafted and you don't know which one of these guys are going to pop and which, which ones aren't. Um, so it's just kind of paints an interesting picture to me that that middle chunk uh, just as of as of right now, isn't necessarily performing the way that they were drafted in the order in which they were drafted. Uh, but who knows? By the you know year four through year seven, maybe that list will change as, as it always does. But going down the list beyond uh, the the later rounds, I will mention honorable mention: Casein Wallace for mm -hmm. uh, OKC was drafted tenth overall. I think that guy's going to be super valuable for OKC for the rest of the year, uh, but is not on the list. Um, Grady Dick, not, not mm. super impressive thus far. Uh, although we're still tallying whether or not his Jersey is the number one Jersey in sale of all of Canada. Uh, but he went 13th overall to Toronto. Obviously he's going to have some time to grow there. Hopefully he can, uh, perform at the level which we think he can, but moving down the list clips, um, 
Kobe Brown, 30th pick overall for the for the Clippers, played a lot. He's played in 29 games, performed pretty well. Uh, numbers are just minuscule, so no need to mention it on a on a rookie ladder. Uh, but that guy's obviously able to play some minutes uh, in the NBA, maybe more so than a lot of the other guys that were drafted in front of him. Uh, Andre Jackson for uh, Milwaukee has played in 39 games. He was drafted 36th overall. Uh, I feel I still think that kid's actually going to perform quite well for them if they give him more run. I would I'd be looking if I was Milwaukee and Doc Rivers looking to try and get him going a little bit more, uh, but not a whole lot from him thus far. And then the steal of the draft, I still think this uh, seemed it, it, I think it was was who I listed for the steal of the draft w- when we did our draft reaction is the Golden State trading essentially trading for Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, as the second to last pick in the draft, 57th overall in a draft again of only 58, has played 33 games and has performed tremendously well for the Golden State Warriors. So those are just some of the honorable mentions on my list right now. Uh, Trace Jackson is great. I think that's a great pickup. Um, but you mentioned Koulibaly, right? Yep. And I got to see him. I don't know much about the kid, but we did play Washington yesterday clippers played washington yesterday no jordan pool so koulibaly got the start the guys played in 46 games i liked everything i saw of him he was part of that i mean kuzma had a good first half but the guy the guy looks real nice 19 years old he's young as hell yep. uh, i mean uh, hopefully he doesn't get lost in washington but that's another guy i'm gonna be keeping my eye on i even went to top shot picked up his uh top shot debut because i'm like nice. oh, i kind of like this kid so uh he's one i'm gonna be watching i mean 19 years old dude yeah, and, and he's played in 46 games, so they're, he's getting burned. Yeah, he has one of the highest minutes played totals for any rookie. He was drafted seventh overall, Koulibaly. Uh, has played in 46 games, is averaging eight and a half points, four boards, one and a half assists uh, on 46% shooting from the field and 38.5% shooting from three, which is very solid, only 67 from the free throw line. Uh, but I, I agree, I, he's super young. That, th- that one's definitely a project, and I think – you know, that's where you kind of have to roll the dice even even a little bit further with some of these guys as you draft them higher than maybe someone who's better now, but you're hoping that in a year or two or three, he pans out to be the better prospect. It's such a crazy thing to go through. Uh, but yeah, besides Koulibaly, all you have is Asar Thompson has have played 47 games. Jason mm. Wallace, 48, is the leader for games played okay. for any of these rookies. Uh, and minutes, the minutes getter is uh, Jaime Jaquez, who's played 42 games. He's played the most minutes of any rookie uh, that was drafted out there. Just for reference, uh, Wembenyama's played 42 games and 1,200 minutes. Uh, So he's right around at the top of the list, as you might expect, for the number one overall pick. But just some fun check-ins. And I think overall, big picture stuff, the list list that we went through, the top 10 list, will obviously fluctuate for the rest of the season. I think all those guys – are really, really solid that are on the list. They're, they are the, the best performing rookies at the current moment. Doesn't mean that that's going to be their careers, obviously. Uh, but as we see more and more of Victor and more and more of Chet, and to circle it all the way back to where we started, Victor Wimbanyama is the rookie of the year this year. And Chet is super important, right? Obviously super duper important for this Oklahoma City team. But he's not better than Victor Wembanyama. No. <laughs> you know what else, though? I really like, again, I'm going back to Stones. I like the fact that uh, Chet and Wembo have a little, like, thing. There's a little rivalry there, right? And 
the when when Wimbo banged on Chet, even though they're down like 30 points and whatnot like there's some there's a little beef there and i kind of yeah. like that i like that these guys are taking a little pride maybe we're gonna have something with the footers a little rivalry with the big guys coming in like i'm stoked on that excited about it yeah for sure it'll be it would be great to see them you know uh, have a have a playoff series sometime down the line yeah. right like that's really what we're we're yeah. keying in for here and there's no reason that that can't happen for you know many many years to come as these guys continue to grow and their teams continue to get better. Uh, but certainly Chet's going to get some postseasons and experience this year. Victor's going to have to wait for another time. <laughs> San Antonio needs to be looking at Trey young, bring Trey young in, get him, bring a, in give Trey him a fresh young. start. Yeah. Forget, give him a fresh start. Forget, forget DeJounte Murray. No, go, get, go get Trey's Trey the answer. I thought that dude, I'm sure, I'm sure Victor Wembanyama would love to play with, with Trey young, given who he's played with thus far and how well uh. it's worked out. I mean, he had comments after his last game. I think I saw that he was just saying, like, we played immature basketball. That was not good basketball. So at least right. it is definitely starting to rub him the wrong way, losing all these games. And uh, you love to see that, you know, as if you're a fan of the Spurs, you you don't want your superstar to be complacent losing games all the time. Mm -hmm. You want him to be up, upset and and mm -hmm. to not enjoy this process. So uh, shout out to Vic. He, he's trying to keep it together, I think, <laughs> right now. Give me a final thought, Drew. What do, we, what do you got for me? Uh, final thought. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is, is it a Laker February. final thought, Drew? Is it a Laker final thought on who we should, who they should trade for? And no, uh, but I, I can go all day. I can just, I'll, I'll just joking. burn. I will just burn our, our Zoom hours here, just listing <laughs> a number of guys that I would take on the Lakers. Kevin Herter. No, uh, I won't do that. Uh, I am wearing a hat for those that can't see that that says beer on it today. Lo and behold, it's February 1st. Dry January oh. is in the past. Not only is dry January in the past, it is a deluge. It is raining cats and dogs here. So it is literally wet February is, is happening. I went from dry, dry January to wet water park February. February 1st. I have yet to indulge thus yet, just, just this yet with, with a beer or any sort of alcoholic beverage. Uh, I was considering popping something at midnight last night. But my wife and and you know my own, I had to wake up for to do shit this morning. Uh, I I said, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna fully enjoy this. So clips right after we're done here, I'm gonna go ahead and go out and in into my kitchen and fire me up a nice old fashioned. Got my four roses bourbon sitting there. Uh, I'm gonna just unwrap that. I'm gonna, it's like ASMR. I, I need full concentration. I almost want like ambient sounds in the background. Uh, but I'm gonna peel off a couple of those orange peels muddle me up some old fashions from my wife and myself. So congrats to me. I did it. I made it. You did it. Congratulations. And I would like to say too, thank you for all those that reached out. We had, I don't know, a handful of folks, maybe uh, a half a dozen, dozen or so that came out and, and gave me some recipes for like mocktails, uh, things that they were drinking that were not alcohol based to spice up your life. Cause that's the one thing about, me in particular, I, water is so boring. I just need some flavor. I need, I need something, right? And if it's, if it's going to be a non-alcoholic month, uh, I, I needed Sprite. I was drinking Sunkist. I'm drinking iced tea. I just need, I need something else other than water to get me through. So thank you for everyone that reached out and told me what they were drinking, uh, and 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 encouraged me to keep going through the month. I will say it's not going to be uh, entirely wet February. I'm not going to drink every day for February. That's the whole goal of this. Is we're going to reset. My liver's my liver's doing much better. Lost a couple pounds from not drinking as well. 
So we're going to, we're going to stay on this path, but tonight I'm certainly going to enjoy. I'm very proud of you, Drew. I have been the complete opposite. It's been wet 2024 for me from, <laughs> from the jump just is what it is, but I'm very proud of you. I'm glad to have you back. We've got to have you up here yep. and, uh, and have a beer for you. Can't believe you did. Congratulations, man. That's a, that's a big one for a guy oh, yeah. who likes his libations. I'm very proud of you. So good work. And, it, and just a, it's just a rocky Lakers month as well. Like for, yeah. for me to have to do that and endure what the Lakers put me through. It just, uh, yeah, it made it, made it a little bit worse. <laughs> my <laughs> final thought could have been, yeah, my ahead. final thought is going back to the Clippers. I said, I had one more thing I wanted to bring up. And this is one of the coolest things that I read this week. Our intuit dome, you know, I'm extremely excited about the intuit dome. Cannot wait for this thing to open. And the Clippers came out and said that when we open in August, we're going to display basketball jerseys representing high school teams across California. Help us honor the state's rich history of youth basketball and send in your team's jersey to, to, to be displayed at the Intuit Dome. I freaking love this idea, yeah. right? And I'm going I'm to tell you why I love the idea, but also I immediately thought about great Laker fans are just going to freaking say, hey, the only jerseys you got in the rafters are high school jerseys. Ah, You know, I get it, okay? Yeah, Chris Farley was a huge Lakers fan as well, obviously. Was that my Chris Farley voice? No, it just brought, it brought Chris Farley to my mind. I was just checking the uh, rotary and the uh, girder. That's my Chris Farley voice. That's, that's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Tommy Boy. Classic. Uh, I just love this idea. You know, this is another thing that Steve Ballmer's doing uh, to, to make the Intuit Dome different, right? And just so everybody knows, I hit up my high school coach this morning. Shout out to Coach Gofredo. And I said, hey, coach. This, this is what the Clippers are doing. I need a Crescent Valley jersey hanging up there. Will you send this to whoever this needs to go to? He immediately said, I already passed it along. So hopefully we're going to have a Crescent Valley Falcons jersey up in there. But, you know, I'm thinking about how maybe we'll have BD, Baron Davis's jersey in there, and Shea Cotton's jersey in there. And obviously, like, maybe a Kawhi and a PG and a, and a yeah. Harden and then Ray Young in the Bay and, like, all this other stuff. Westbrook. I just think Westbrook, put him up there. Uh, and it doesn't have to be player specific. They want the high schools like right. like Crescenta Valley, you know, like we have Harvey Mason, who's like our best player uh, or or, or oh, we had Brock Jacobson, Casey's brother who, or Adam Jacobson who was an All-American. Anyways, um, I just love this idea. This is another inclusive idea that love Steve Ballmer is doing that nobody has done. It's 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 innovative and it's different and i love it and i just hope everybody participates in it i don't know how they're going to be displayed or where they're going to be displayed and whatnot but um just something i've never thought about just like the freaking scoreboard and the wider seats and the bathrooms and the cash list everything's going to be cashless in this place it just gives me another reason to love to wanting to go to the intuit dome and you know i, I again i don't talk about balmer enough i just think that this guy i posted the other night that he's playing chess not checkers he's in this for the long run right he wouldn't these billionaires do not invest all of their time and all of their money not all of their money a fraction of their money right. uh he's building something man and as a clipper fan this is what i like i like seeing Kawhi leonard get paid i like seeing paul george eventually going to get paid i like seeing all these things that we're doing in this dome to separate us to get us away from staple center and for crypto and to build our own home our own house with our own shit and the the thing i brought up to you drew uh when you were over here last week was like bomber and and 
the thing about Balmer is I respect his passion. I can see as a, as a fan as, and as a guy that loves the team, I know this guy cares, right? He cares about the fans. He cares about the brand. He cares about the team. And it's not about money for these guys. You remember the movie Trading Places, the classic Eddie Murphy, right? Where the rich guys are betting on, the super rich guys are betting on Eddie Murphy if he could do this freaking job or not. And at the end of the day, it's a dollar. Here's a, It's a dollar yep. bet, right? Great because movie. it's it's more about the fucking the 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 game than the money like they want they is balmer wants to win at life he wants to win a championship and he's done everything since he came in to take us over to set us up in position to win a chip right and now it's making sense about the james harden remember we said like who made this idea who made this decision it doesn't sound right to us. Balmer's <laughs> like, no, dude, if Lawrence Frake says it's good and T. Lou says it's good, what is it going to take? $36 million, Bring James Harden in here. Because I want to, and dude, I swear, God, I'm, I'm knocking on wood. My quote from last season during the summer where I said, we want to go into this Intuit Dome and drop a fucking banner. That's what we want to do. And I think that's what Balmer wants to do. So, very innovative. I love the idea. Uh I'm stoked. I'm, are you going to send your jersey in, Drew? I mean, we got to send that Shamanad jersey in. You still got it? Uh, I, might, I think I might have a practice jersey somewhere lying around. Uh, never got to keep any of my game jerseys. Mm-hmm. We always had to give those back, pass those on down to the next generation, you know, once you sweated in them enough. Uh, but we, uh, I'm sure Shamanad will be represented at some you know some form of capacity we hit we did have quite a few clipper fans in my my specific era uh of of going to chaminade high school we are the eagles which is funny i didn't know you were the falcons we're the falcons eagles. baby whether or not chaminade ends up with a jersey in there uh it's a small private catholic school there's only when i was there we only had about uh 1200 students total um so maybe maybe not we might be too small to make it made huh. to make it on the wall there's a lot of high schools what i'm saying is there's a lot of high schools in california <laughs> and so uh you know there's going to be a, a huge number of jerseys that make it or not but either way i think balmer is a genius he is uh grasping at uh the loyalty bases of every los angeles sports fan any kid that went to high school in the area is going to have an opportunity to go to this and see. I'm going to when we whenever I go, whenever we go, I'm going to go and see if I can find a Chaminade jersey. We're going to go searching for your high school jersey, right? Like and I also think that this is a huge play on the youth of Los Angeles. Uh the youth of Los Angeles whose fan whose fandom has not already been decided, right? One of the first things Balmer did was uh put a bunch of money into the local community of Los Angeles to redo a lot of outdoor basketball courts and brand them as Clipper logo to basketball courts. And that's how you do it. You start with the grassroots grassroots. Yeah. You build grassroots. your fan base from the very beginning and you keep doing these little things to check in and get these people, you know, who started off, maybe those were, maybe those kids were 10, 12, 14 years old when they first played on that, on that Clipper branded floor. And they're going to say, dude, this is awesome. I'm going to become a Clipper fan now, not just because I think Paul George and Kawhi are awesome, uh, but because they helped me out. They let me shoot hoops. They're making me maybe my dream come true here in, in the sport of basketball. And you just keep fostering that, you know, with different with different activations like this. I think it's genius. Balmer is uh, is is 
masterful at this and it maybe not maybe we're giving Ballmer too much credit but whoever he's hiring right and and following the instructions of <laughs> is nailing it so the whole team i think has to be commended on this and it's a great thing really cool idea uh, and i expect more of this type of stuff to happen and i do expect them to start you know grabbing a little bit more of the of the basketball pie in in the city of los angeles maybe for the first time since blake griffin came into town right that was a big migration because the lakers were shit during that era and Blake Griffin came in and a lot of people left the Lakers or started their own fandom uh, for the Clippers, you know, uh, right from the get go at that point. So maybe we're going to see uh, something similar happen here in this next generation of, of L.A. fans for NBA. And I'll say this right now. If we get the Falcons jersey up there, it's because of me. That's what's going to happen. So that that's going to be my stamp. Not only did I bleed there on the groundbreaking day where I cut my finger and bled on the on the ground, mm-hmm. but we're going to have a freaking uh, jersey up there. I want to make sure we do, and it's because of clips. Falcons should, need a jersey. You should make it be a fifty-five jersey. Yeah, that would be Brock Jacobson. Uh, that would be his number. I would love for a, for a. 55. I was going to say nobody. That's all the more reason that it would go up there, and it's also it's also your number, right? It can be it can be more than one person has a number. If like that, that happens, I will cry on opening night when I go there. Like I would literally cry. I'm already going to cry when I'm there, anyways. Are you kidding me? I'm going to be so overwhelmed. <laughs> I cannot wait for this. Hey, uh, episode 308, we're coming back with 309. We're two weeks away from NBA All-Star Weekend, Sabrina and Steph, all of that. It's going to be great. We're going to talk about it on the next show. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew, and we're ghosts. You know what it is, you know what it is.